You're listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang, founder of Moxie Club. When you're looking for lasting weight loss, join us here for the mindset you need, a dash of inspiration, and stories that will bring it all to life. Episode number 77. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Happy and Healthy Podcast. So if this is your first time listening to this podcast, right, you just kind of stumbled across it or someone suggested that you listen to it, well, then I think you're in for a treat because this is a great one to get started with. So later this month, I am going to be visiting Michigan, which is where I grew up because my folks are there and I haven't seen them in since uh, January of 2020. So earlier this year, back in March, I caught myself thinking that it would be nice to maybe lose a few pounds because, well, since Christmas, I have actually gained a few. And if you have been listening to this podcast, then you know that I love chocolate-covered raisins. Right. And unfortunately, quite a few people know that I like chocolate covered raisins because for Christmas this year, instead of the usual half pound from Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory, I received a huge container from Costco. Now, if it was just that one container, which is actually like three or four pounds, right? It really wouldn't be a problem. The problem was that it reminded me that Costco sells chocolate-covered raisins, and they're not even the best ones, right? But I found myself adding them to my shopping list every time I went for a Costco run. So I go there sometimes to get half and half and like Pete's coffee, right? If I don't have them, then it's very much of an out of sight, out of mind. Well, I have probably gone through... (laughs) Oh, like three or four containers, right? Before I was like, okay, I really need to to sort of stop doing this because I will just eat them mindlessly. And as I was thinking about this whole losing a few pounds, right? I realized that the more I focused on that goal, that result of weight loss, the more miserable I became. And I've talked about this before. It was actually the inspiration for last week's podcast, right? To focus on process and not on the results. Well, this past week, I was listening to The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. I've heard a lot about her and I decided I, you know, I've seen her quotes. I really want to hear more of what she had to say. And in The Power of Vulnerability, I found so many takeaways that apply to weight loss. So if you haven't listened to it, then I highly recommend that you do so, okay? And a lot of what I'm gonna be talking about today, when you do listen to it, it might sound familiar, right? So she points out that one of the things that really gets in the way of joy is the comparison game, right? That whole idea of keeping up with the Joneses. Well, when it comes to weight loss, the comparison game is, I believe, at the root 
of so many of our body image issues. And here's what I mean. When was the last time you walked into a room, looked around, and compared yourself to the other people in the room? Have you caught yourself seeing someone who maybe has gained a lot more weight than you and you end up feeling better about yourself? And then you see someone who looks great, is strong and fit, and you suddenly feel less than adequate, right? So this is why it is so important to focus on running your own race. Let me say it again. This is why it's so important to focus on running your own race. So we all have basic human needs of love and belonging, right? And when I think about love and I think about little kids, we are constantly seeking the approval of our parents and other authority figures. In part, it's for our survival, right? So We obviously want our parents to be proud. And then when it comes to belonging, it's all about being accepted. So in high school, there's all this focus on trying to fit in, being liked, being popular. And that's where I actually see a lot of the people-pleasing behavior that can become really problematic as we get older. Right when we talk about how to make sure that we're setting healthy boundaries. So when I talk about that whole fitting in, it reminds me of when I was 13 or 14 years old. We had just moved to Bloomfield Hills, Michigan from Mount Clemens, Michigan. So Mount Clemens at that time was a very sort of middle class, maybe upper middle class neighborhood right? And Bloomfield Hills is where like all the auto executives lived. So it's a very affluent neighborhood. And when I was 14, I had this pair of burgundy colored JCPenney corduroys that I just loved. And every Saturday, I attended Chinese school. This is where we were learning about the language as well as some of the culture. And one of my classmates in Chinese school happened to also go to school with me during the week. And she told her mom, who then promptly turned around and told my mom, that she would like to be friends with me, but that I dressed funny because I was wearing JCPenney corduroys. And that very night, I remember my mom taking me to the mall to buy some new clothes. And that's when I got my first pair of Calvin Klein jeans. But I still remember as we were driving to the mall, she told me while in tears, we moved to Bloomfield Hills so that you could get a better education, right? It was one of the top three school districts. But we want you to have friends. And I remember saying to my mom, if she doesn't want to be friends with me because of the jeans that I'm wearing or the pants I'm wearing, I don't want to be friends with her, right? It's supposed to be about liking me, not the clothes I wear. So that was my reaction 
at the ripe old age of 14. So the point of this story is really just how important it is to be very picky about whose opinions matter to you. So if you're looking for external validation, right, you're basically relying on other people's opinions and judgments about you in order to feel good about you. And even when you are really picky, right, because there are people that are clearly very important to us, we have to be careful. So what do I mean by this? Well, I think to illustrate this point, let me tell you about this project that I had in third grade. So Mr. Scott, my third grade teacher, had everyone in the classroom draw a portrait of him. And the way we were set up in the school, we were in a pod. So we had the central area and then, you know, we would have our homeroom teacher and then we would go to different subjects with different teachers. Okay. And so in a given day, I think he had like three or four different classes. So at the parent-teacher conference, you had all these portraits of Mr. Scott posted on the walls, right? And back when I was eight years old, I was actually a pretty decent artist. And I remember that my drawing of him was on the back of a cabinet in the center. So it was actually partially covering the edges of some of the other drawings, right? So it felt really good. (laughs) And I also sensed that my parents were really proud that among all the third graders in my pod, I had the best drawing. So this is what I mean when I say we care about our parents' opinions. It, It makes perfect sense. At the same time, it's really important to make sure you don't confuse who you are and your value with what you do. And when I talk about the importance of creating your own definition of success, especially when it comes to weight loss, if you've been following me, you also have heard the story about how my mom has a very specific definition of what it means to be thin enough. Right? I think part of it is from the Asian culture too. So she's five foot two. And uh, when she graduated from college, she used to tell me that she had a waist of 22 inches. Okay. And I mean, I remember watching um, Gone with the Wind and, you know, that whole scene with Scarlett O'Hara, right? Being, oh, what is that thing called? Where, um, where they're cinching up her corset right? And in the book, Scarlett O'Hara has a waist of 17 inches. That was the ideal that I was being presented with. And my mom also talked about how after I was born, she got down to 95 pounds. And at that point, the doctors were actually telling her she was underweight. Okay, so this is how much she cares about being thin. And then a few years ago, actually maybe like 10 years ago, she wound up getting dental implants. And during her recovery, she really couldn't eat a lot of solid food and she wound up losing a lot of weight. To the point where when I looked at her, 
my thought was, you're too thin. As a trainer, I'm thinking, I want to put some muscle on you because you look frail. But guess what? She was happy. She was finally thin enough right, for her own standards. And this was her happy place. So why would I want to take that away from her? At the same time, if that's how thin I would need to be to meet her standards, then there's no way I can win, right? Because I would be miserable. So I still have to be mindful of negative self-talk, right? So Brene Brown calls these gremlins, and I like to call them trolls. Not like the DreamWorks trolls, right? I'm talking about more like the internet trolls that we see, where if you look at the comments on Facebook posts or like news stories, there'll be people who only have negative things to say. So trolls can be either other people saying stuff to you or the voices inside your head, right? The ones that you've internalized. And this is how much we have a negativity bias. We have a a commonly accepted definition of those negative comments. We call them trolls. And yet there's no generally accepted term for the opposite of trolls. I found pixie, but how often do we talk about pixies, right? There was also like a white knight. And I've decided that I want to call them the Glindas, like the good witch from The Wizard of Oz, who says, you've always had the power, my dear. You just had to learn it for yourself, right? This is what Glinda said to Dorothy. So going back to this idea of being thin enough, According to my mom, most of us who are lucky enough to still have our parents around, we can't help but care about what they think. But it doesn't mean you have to accept their definition of success. Which then brings me to the topic of vulnerability. And Brene Brown likes to come up with her own definition. So her definition of vulnerability goes like this. Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. So then courage really is about being yourself right? Not who you think you're supposed to be, right? But this idea that you are enough just the way you are. That means being lovable and being accepted, which means then letting yourself be seen in that way and showing up that way. It can be a really scary thought, right? But consider this. Back in February 2020, I attended Oprah Winfrey's 2020 vision tour. And during that event, she shared a journal entry from February 20 of 1991. So this is from her own personal journal. And it goes, I caught a glimpse of myself reflected in the store window. 
I didn't recognize the fat lady staring back at me. Stedman says, I'm not even close to my potential as a human being. That I let the weight be a barrier. He is right. Sometimes I can feel the connection between my own fears and the weight. So what am I afraid of? That's the question. The answer can set me free. So when I saw her sharing that journal entry, I saw her being courageous, right? So when we see other people doing that, sharing their vulnerability, we see that as courageous. But when we think about it for ourselves, what happens? We wind up feeling this warm wave of inadequacy. So that's an expression that Brene Brown used in her book. And I don't know if that's a common expression in Texas, but I love it. So it's not going to be part of my lexicon. (laughs) So Brene Brown teaches that in our culture, we associate vulnerability with emotions we want to avoid, such as fear, shame, and uncertainty. Yet we too often lose sight of the fact that vulnerability is also the birthplace of joy, belonging, creativity, authenticity, and love. So being vulnerable means letting go of the comfort with using someone else's definition or society's definition of success, right? And embracing your own. So I have to be willing to let go of my mom's definition of thin enough, right? Because I'll never be good enough in that. So when I had thoughts like this, I actually found myself dreading the trip back to Michigan because I didn't want to be judged. So, of course, I am sure, I have no doubt, that every parent that's listening to this right now is thinking, I would never want something like this to get in the way of my child's happiness. All right, so clearly these thoughts do not serve me. If I am unable to enjoy this precious time, then it really is time to think of different thoughts. But notice, I had to become aware of these thoughts in order to take different action. So here's my question for you. Are you letting weight or the comparison game, whatever it is in your life, and the fear of being judged and the need for approval get in the way of your happiness and joy? And if you find that happening, I want to remind you to run your own race. So what exactly do I mean by running your own race? I mean that you really need to define success for yourself. It means letting go of other people's definitions and our culture's definitions, right? So my definition of success is practicing what I preach. 
learning every day and sharing what I've learned. Adding my voice to the mix. So for the folks who benefit from the way I explain things, right? If it resonates with you, this is why I do this podcast, for example. Spending time with my coaching clients. And most of all, being a good friend, right? Listening, giving hugs, letting them know that they are loved. That's what success means to me. That's what showing up means to me. So when I talk about practicing what I preach, I also mean focusing on the practice, right? Falling in love with the process. It means letting go of being results-driven and really practicing the five self-care habits of drinking enough water, eating enough fruits and veggies, getting enough sleep, mindful movement every day, and meditating every day. And then it's about practicing gratitude, kindness, patience, and compassion for myself and for others. Right, So ignoring the trolls and listening to that Glinda voice, as well as being the Glinda voice for others, which means cultivating the positive voices. So if you haven't subscribed to my Morning Boost emails, I highly recommend it because that's a great way to start off your day. I provide a very inspiring quote every day. If you haven't downloaded the TLC worksheet, which walks you through the learning cycle method, where I show you how to reframe those thoughts that don't serve you, then again, you can go download them at Moxie Club. And I'll be including both links in the show notes. And if you are new to this podcast, or if you've been listening, but you really don't know what I'm talking about as far as TLC, all you got to do is listen to the very first episode, the one about TLC. And then letting go of that belief that you have to be hard on yourself, right? That it's your results that make you worthy. And that your happiness is a function of achieving the outcomes you want. So you've got to figure out for yourself, what does it mean when people say happiness is the journey, not the destination? Okay. And really for me, my favorite thing is coaching. So being that Glinda voice for my clients as well as for myself. So one of my clients told me after a really hard day at work, when she was feeling overwhelmed, she asked herself, what would Amy say? And my sincere hope is that with time, she's not relying on what I would say. It's her own voice that she's listening to. But I'm going to keep showing up for her until that happens, right? So practicing what I preach is really all about living the life I want, right? Being happy and healthy. So again, if you haven't listened to The Power of Vulnerability, I highly recommend it. And once you do, or if you have, definitely let me know what you think. 
Okay, so I'm going to wrap things up today with a quote from Steve Jobs. Have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for a free 20-minute coaching session with me. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.